Nasso. Good morning. This morning, of course, we'll return to mindfulness of breathing, this time to the classic Theravada approach, the tradition that I think has the greatest experience over many, many centuries of using mindfulness of breathing as a shamatha method. So focusing on the apertures of the nostrils, the passage of the breath there. In this practice especially, it's very important to apply introspection, but also recall that the term introspection, or samprajanya in Sanskrit, shejin in Tibetan, that this is not the same as, as introspection as we think of it from Descartes or even 19th century psychology of simply monitoring the mind let alone introspection of thinking about the mind. So the word introspection is defined in different ways. Of course, people do that. But rather, in the Buddhist context, the introspection, this mental faculty, is not monitoring only the mind, but is also, when one is speaking, monitoring one's own speech to see that it is suitable. But also, since we're not talking, at least I'm the only one talking when practicing shamatha, uh, it's also monitoring the body. It's enormously important, especially when we focus the the attention here at the the apertures of the nostrils. It's so important to be checking up periodically to see especially that your eyes are soft, relaxed. There's no contraction of your forehead, the muscles around the eyes, the jaws, and so forth. It's very easy to do, and this is why so many people, when practicing mindfulness of breathing at the nostrils, start getting headaches and tension in the head. Because they're using their eyes and they're, they're scrunching, scrunching up the, the muscles, tightening the muscles in the face, the forehead and so forth. And that gives rise to a lot of utterly unnecessary problems. So while doing this practice, periodically check up on your posture. That's always a good idea. Just once in a while, seeing that the body is still settled in its natural state, poised between relaxation and vividness. That the breath is flowing unimpededly, effortlessly. And then, of course, you're monitoring the mind, just like in any other shamatha uh, shamatha method, and that is just looking out for excitation, laxity, and then applying the remedies that you're very familiar with by now. So mindfulness of breathing focus on what in the Theravada tradition is called the preliminary sign. So that's the tactile sensations. Now, some of you are already experiencing what may very well be the acquired sign. For some people, it occurs early. Some people, later. And it just doesn't matter. It's not really a good thing that if it comes early and it's not a bad thing if it comes early. It's just what happens, right? Uh, because you can be at, as you're attending to these sensations of the breath at the, at the nostrils, they do get subtler and subtler and subtler. And that's where this whole synergy of the deepening relaxation, the, the, the strengthening of stability, and the enhancement of vividness really come into play. The synergy of all three of these reinforcing each other. So when that happens, at least one of you, perhaps more of you, have noticed that when you're going into this practice at the apertures of the nostrils, that at some point you may not even notice the passage of breath any longer. So, but you know what to, you know what to attend to, simply the flow of sensation that is there with or without the breath. And when the mind is sufficiently vivid, you can detect it. So like two, like two fingers touching, you let your awareness simply touch that sensation at the apertures of the nostrils, remain in contact there. But when you don't detect any passage of the breath, I'll give you the advice that's been passed down for hundreds of years, attend more closely. Because unless you've achieved fourth jhana, you're dead, or it's the third one. Uh, Or you're in the womb, thank you. Uh, Then there is, especially check that one. (laughs) If you meditate in the fetal position, you might want to double check. Uh, 
in any case, uh, if you're none of those three, then you are breathing, which means all you have to do is notch up or enhance, more sharply focus, your attention. Enhance the vividness, and you'll detect something there. It, it may not register so, so clearly as a passage of the flow of breath, but some shift in the sensation as the breath flows in and breath flows out. So, acquired sign. For a few, a few of you, some likely candidates have arisen, some images that are arising right in this field where you have been directing your mental awareness, not your visual awareness. A mental image, so I won't go into individuals, individual experiences here. But overall, if you find the very, a, very a very similar or identical image keeps on cropping up, it's a wide variety of possibilities, right where you're attending, and especially if it crops up, not when your mind is distracted, but when you're really in the flow of awareness. The, the stability is very good, and that's when it crops up. And it crops up again and again and again, and in the same way. Then consider that as a candidate for the acquired sign. Uh, and if it doesn't happen over the next three, three weeks or so, maybe it will happen in five weeks from now, or maybe some retreat you'll do in a year. Who knows? Or it could happen in the next three weeks. But when you th see that it may be very well a candidate for an acquired sign and not simply some sporadic image that happens to crop up, in which case you just release it, if you think it might be the acquired sign, then go ahead and attend to it, single-pointedly, disengaging your attention from the sensations of the breath, focusing on the mental image, and just see what happens. Now, that's the acquired sign. There's been a lot of writing over the last 20, 30 years about jhanas, one, uh, I remember the title of one article said, Should We Come Out of Jhanas? Um, lots of luck with that one. You know, it's so, There's been so much misinformation, frankly. People achieving one or two jhanas in a weekend, uh, achieving jhanas and then, then losing it again. Uh, it's, it's so I think a lot of it is just the, the people so commonly popularizing jhanas and shamatha and so forth just frankly haven't studied enough. These words, again, have meaning already, and what happens a lot is people are redefining the meaning of jhanas based upon their own experience, redefining a lot based upon their own experience and then chucking out the experience of hundreds and hundreds of, of uh, centuries of yogis' experience and replacing it with their own. That's a pretty cheap invitation. So I'd be aware of, uh, beware of that. Uh, when, it, when one in particular, some people say, when the acquired son becomes really brilliant and they're experiencing a whole lot of bliss, blissful breath and so forth, that's when you achieve jhana. It's not true. Bliss comes up. Bliss can come up in the first week. An acquired sign or some image can come up anytime. And if it gets brighter, it's just getting brighter. But that's not a counterpart sign. So if we go back to the classics of people where they're relying upon hundreds of years. Science is only 400 years old. Buddhism, 2,500, six times as long. Um, when we're dealing with centuries of yogic experience, then the, I think that's the strongest reliance. And here, note in, in, this, in this in conclusion, the counterpart sign, which frankly we don't need to be concerned about too much just yet, uh, is a hundred and a thousand times more subtle. It's not brighter, it's incredibly more subtle, the acquired sign. Of course, as you're progressing along the nine stages, your mind is getting vivider, vivider and vivider and vivider. So of course the acquired sign is going to get brighter. And a lot of people experience bliss in the first three weeks, other people after three months. So bliss is very, very common. So to think, oh, I've achieved jhana because I've gotten bliss. Wrong. I've achieved jhana because my acquired sign's gotten really bright. Wrong. The counterpart sign, when it arises, is extraordinarily subtle. Right? And when that occurs, there's going to be this major shift. 
also in your whole physiology, the prana system and so forth. So we have marvelous, absolutely authoritative sources here from the Theravada tradition, the Indian Tibetan tradition. So really rely upon those. A lot of the new, newer stuff is kind of a like, little bit like fool's gold. It looks really good and it sparkles a lot. But try to, you know, try, try to sell it to a professional gold dealer and you'll be in for a sorry surprise. Okay? So let's find a comfortable position and be as sane as we can be.
Breathe well. Enjoy the day.